What's up, guys? Before we hop into the show, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. What you'll see is that this CBD-infused coffee is taking away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and plus, the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today. And receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout. And you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's hop into what's going to be an awesome show. Broncos country is Sitting in the south stands Drinking the curves from mile high The best part of the weekend Hugging the perfect stranger they become a friend Having a good time When the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in Every day With the good folks Down at BSN Coming to you From the back porch Here at Fossil Trace Golf Course High above holes Number 1 in 10 an absolutely picturesque scene. Um, really, really thankful to Fossil Trace for having us out here for the official BSN Broncos draft preview show. Zach, first of all, this is our first outdoor pod. Second of all, could we ever p- possibly beat this view? We're just sunk in this this paradisical golf setting right here, right? I mean, we are just dropped in the middle of Golden. You have all the views of Golden and a beautiful green golf course i mean ryan there are literally birds just chirping all around us yeah i said i I felt like we were getting ready to broadcast the masters uh like looking out over the 10th hole here as uh inglewood takes to the tee (laughs) welcome friends yeah hello friends Uh, a picturesque setting here at fossil (laughs) Fossil trace golf club uh but really thank you to fossil trace for having us out here and there's a lot of fun and games to be had out here, Zach, but there's also a uh, serious issue going on in Broncos country, and I don't think anyone that's listening to that is any stranger to what we're about to say, but things between Chris Harris Jr. and the Denver Broncos went a bit awry yesterday. Mm, they certainly did. And like a bad tee shot off the first tee. Oh, and Ryan, it was fun, Chris. Thanks for thanks for being a Bronco. Thanks for your time. Ooh, wow. Going that far this fast. That, that's how it feels. And Ryan got kicked off yesterday about this time when one Ryan Koningsberg asked John Elway, What's going on? I mean, what what was your exact question? What why are you why did are you putting the Chris Harris Jr. negotiations off until after the draft? My exact question, which I think is important in this context, was John, you've been adamant that you would deal with Chris's contract after the draft. What is the reasoning behind that? And he gave he he gave an answer, Ryan. And what I'll tell you is if he would have stuck to his answer, he would have been good. He would have been good. And maybe all of this doesn't come out last night. And maybe it doesn't escalate to where it's at right now. Here's here's what he said. He said, I don't have time right now. I'm busy with the draft. We'll talk about Chris. He's under contract, so we'll talk about that when the draft is over. That was the end of his answer. Fair. Uh, I would have fine. fine. Yeah, exactly. I'd answered your question. Uh, 
everyone else moved on. I mean, the media, you could hear multiple people just started jumping in for, for follow-up questions, for other questions, moving on from Chris. And John, once questions were being shot at him, he said, wait, when I say this, I said we're going to talk about it. It doesn't mean we're going to do it. Boom. Bombshell. Why? Because he's John. Why? There's no good answer. It's be, it's because he wanted the power move. And boy, wasn't that the power move. But you know what? Chris isn't a guy that backs down. Whether it's on the field, whether it's off the field, he'll challenge reporters on questions. He'll call you out if you say something silly. Uh, if you fire at him on Twitter and you say something wrong, he's going to shoot back at you. Chris is not a guy that backs down to this. So what? A few hours later, Chris's agent comes to the Broncos and says, all right, we've got an ultimatum. You pay Chris $15 million per season or trade him. Okay, Zach, here's where uh, nuance needs to be brought to the discussion. I don't believe that that's what happened. Mm. I think that is a slight exaggeration from what happened. And can you tell me why I think that? No. Okay, well, let me ask you this. When Mm. many media outlets all get the same news and put it out there, what can we usually uh, take away from that? That's It's coming from one side. It is coming it's from one side. And in this situation, based on who is being made to look bad, we can guess that this came from the Denver Broncos side. So here's what I think happened, Zach. I think it's true that Chris's agent said, give us a contract or trade him. Because I guarantee you Chris was pissed off when he heard that quote and anyone who thinks that that quote had nothing to do with this is crazy uh first of all let me just tell you this chris was not happy that the broncos signed two corners before even talking to him about his contract that's a fact and fair and fair enough but then that i'm sorry for lack of a better term that was disrespectful what john said up there was disrespectful it was there was no need for it what he should have said is I'm really busy right now uh, with the draft coming up. I'm I'm very interested in getting something done with Chris Harris Jr. We'll see what happens, uh, but I'm looking forward to talking to his agent after the draft. And even even if he said that and stopped it there, Ryan, it's still there's still dis- disrespect in that. Now I, I stand by what I said. I would have been fine with it. Everyone would have been fine with it. It wouldn't have been a big deal. But Ryan. How long does it take to get a deal done with the second best player on your team? If you want him on your team, how long does that take? It shouldn't take long. No. And and it's not like John's in the building for 20 hours a day and he's been doing that since the offseason program started and Chris didn't show up. What? It's been a month now. So that right there, if I'm Chris and, you know, I, I'm a little defensive already, I take that as I don't have time right now as – you're putting me on the back burner again. So that's frustrating. But still, I think we, we could have got past that. But then he comes back with this. And, and let me finish my thought there, which is Chris's agent probably said, Chris is the best cornerback in the NFL, and he deserves to be paid as such. Well, what is the highest paid corner in the NFL make right now? It's Josh Norman, who, by the way, is not better than Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> and he's making $15 million a year. So... 
if you take a little nuance out of the conversation and take it at exactly what he said, if that's you know something along the lines of what Chris's agent said, well, now all of a sudden you've got to a point where you can say, wow, Chris said he wants $15 million a year or trade me. Can you see the situation I'm painting unfolding? Or do you think Chris's agent called and said, Chris needs to be the number one paid corner in the NFL or trade him? I can see both. Now, there's also uh, maybe some some middle ground and wiggle room here. Maybe that's what Chris said. It, it, that's what his agent said is $15 million because it's negotiations. What typically happens in negotiations? Exactly. That's another thing that needs to, to be said here. Negotiations start somewhere on both sides and end usually in the middle. So if they start at 15, that's that's a, a logical starting place for a cornerback. It's the highest paid corner. It's not no, you rarely see a situation where a player lays down a number and says that's the only thing I'm accepting or else. Von Miller he pretty much got his way. But, I, I mean, I agree with you. And, and I'm saying it's negotiations. There's room for wiggle there. But in this case, it's it's gotten dirty, Ryan. And that's how John typically negotiates is not just uh, it's, it's a rough process, but it's also very public. So this isn't straying too far from anything. But, man, I don't know how much Chris is going to budge. That's truly how I feel. I don't know how much he's going to budge because of everything that's gone down. Um, be, because John has cut corners at cornerback within the year, uh, within the past year. Then he invests in two cornerbacks. Now he's, you know, publicly saying uh, that it doesn't that they may not get anything done. Man, this is, and like I said, Chris is a a, a very powerful man. He 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 believes in himself. I don't know if he's going to back down. And how much? Now, he, he if he was on the open market, I bet he could get 15. Now, for sure. is it for two years? Is it for three? It's not for five years. Four, probably not. But he loses a bit of negotiation in how much money he can get because he's not on the open market and because the team would have to trade for him and because the Broncos have to accept a trade. And right now, the Broncos do hold that power in terms of trading him, they get to control where, they get to control uh, that. So it, it hurts how much he can get. How much, though? I mean, does a team want to trade a third-round pick and pay a corner $13 million? Or do they want to trade a third-round pick and pay 11 and a half? And then that's maybe where the Broncos could come in and say, okay, we'll give you 12. I don't feel like that's the way it's going, though, Ryan. I'll just lay this out very simply. If Chris Harris Jr., told the Broncos he wants $15 million or else, he is purposely trying to leave the Broncos. Exactly. He knows – Chris is a very smart guy, and he understands how this stuff works. He knows for a fact the Broncos can't and won't – maybe they could – they won't pay him $15 million a year. Bar none, end of story. So if that's the case, what I would take away from what happened yesterday then is Chris heard that quote, said, I'm done. Get me out of here to his agent. And that, in, in, in that case, that would lead them to say, pay us $15 million or trade us. And, you know and, and it keeps – by the way, Chris is sort of becoming a little bit of a villain in this situation. If it was trade me, period, he would become a villain. Now, if you say, pay me $15 million or trade me, you're not saying I want to leave outwardly. But the message is taken. And uh, with – when Derek Wolf uh, earlier this offseason said he wants to stay with the Broncos, one of the things is he said he loves Denver. 
Ryan, do you know where Chris is right now? He is in Dallas, I would guess. He has no connections to Denver. He doesn't need to stay in Denver. He doesn't love Colorado like like some of these athletes. He he would be okay moving. I think he loves Colorado and has his family here and would like to stay. But they're in Dallas right now. I mean, it's it's not like he's just camping out in Ch- in Cherry Hills. Um, I think he would be okay with leaving, and that's that's the feeling that I have right now. So Ryan, let me ask you the question that that you've asked me a few times. Is Chris Harris on the Broncos week one? Because every other time we've answered this, we both said yes. Nope. Yeah, no. Easy, quick, no. He's gone. He is. Crazy as it may sound. Um, I was talking with Andre Simone about this this morning and just kind of thinking up ways that this kind of ends. And what I came came away with is Chris is going to get traded during the draft. It could end up being a, a decent deal for the Broncos because here's here's the thing. His val it's crazy to say, his top value in my opinion is probably about a third round pick. That's what I think it is. Third round picks are more valuable during the the literal draft happening than any other time. So here's what I think could happen. The Broncos are sitting there at 41 or and number 29 is coming up across the board and they want to trade back into the first round for maybe a quarterback, maybe it's Dalton, maybe, you know, whoever. They offer 41 and Chris Harris Jr. to a team that's clearly in a window because they're picking late in the draft to get up to that pick. Makes sense. And multiple teams have reached out about Chris Harris this offseason before this even came to a head. And today, even more teams this morning have reached out uh, about what's it going to take to get Chris? How much is his price going to be? And also, how much is it going to be from the Broncos? John Elway uh, has, well, I guess I should say, uh, the Broncos have made it clear that they will not be giving Chris away. They want to get fair value. Well, Ryan, when things get public, when things get out in the open, you know what happens? You don't get fair value. So the Broncos have to decide what do they think is fair value because as a player, purely as a player, Chris is worth a first-round pick right now because he has, I'm comfortable saying he has three great years left, three three elite years left, at least two great years left. So that's worth a, that's worth a first-round pick to a team picking at 31 or 32. But now that all this is out there and the fact that we're 24 hours away from the first round. Now, I don't think they're going to get a first. So really, you have about 48 hours to trade him when you get in that uh, second and third round pick window. That just hurts the Broncos and hurts their negotiating power. So would I be shocked if they trade him for a fourth round pick? No, I would not be shocked. Do I think would I be shocked if it's a second round pick? Right now, I'd be surprised. I think third round is right in that sweet spot, and boy, a trade up makes a lot more, a lot of sense. And that's what I would like more than just a third round pick in return would be the ability to to go back up and get a an additional first round pick, coupling that with forty one. So I really like that. But Ryan, as the clock keeps ticking, the Broncos they just lose lose power. They lose value in this uh, price that they're going to get from Chris. Yeah, this is uh, this is a bad situation. The second, and someone tried to combat me about this on Twitter last night. I have no idea why. The second that the word trade comes out of a player's mouth, their trade value plummets. Yep. Um, you probably could have gotten a second out of Chris if you could play it off uh, as, well, we're going to 
we're gonna go corner in the draft, and so we can part with Chris. We don't. We're not set on doing it, but we'll send him to you for your second. That probably could have happened, but without that, you're you're a third or a fourth. Exactly, and Ryan, the Broncos kind of have to decide that they have to change their draft board now, because what if they were going to try to get something done with Chris after the draft, and if it didn't work out, well, then they were going to trade him for a next year's pick. You don't want to do that. You don't want to put that on the back burner and be getting a, a pick in 2020. That's that's not ideal. But now, how much does this change your first round? Yeah, that is a great question. Now, I still we, we talked about corners quite a bit. I still hold the feeling that there isn't one worthy of 10. We were kind of talking ourselves into it pre, I mean, pre Cream uh, Jackson and Bryce Callahan. Everything was the opposite of the way it is now. Um, but it, it, I don't think there's a, t- there's a guy at 10. There's not a guy at 10, but this just, man, it fits, it fits how I was feeling so much better now with a trade back. The Broncos moving back. And if what, what we said, if they move five spots, they can still get a, a great player in this first round, a TJ Hawkinson, a Devin Bush. There would be one guy there if they traded with Washington. If we, if we said if they went to 17, you get really dicey. You're probably not getting that type of guy. You're probably getting a guy in the 20s. And if you move anywhere in the 20s, then you're not getting an absolute stud. Well, that, that, that's where this, these cornerbacks come in is if you're now open to drafting a cornerback, which they weren't after signing Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan, man, it just makes trading back so much safer because you know one of those three cornerbacks that you can get in the first round is going to be available at 17, at 22, at 24. I mean, go go as far back as you want in the first round, and one of those guys or you know a dominant defensive player or Devin Bush is going to be there. What... The situation I just presented, what if they trade 41 and Chris Harris Jr. to get 28 and draft Byron Murphy? It's a pretty good situation, right? And you and you get a stud at 10? Um, yeah, yeah, you got Devin White. That's okay. I think that's okay, too. I think, I think if you walk, like, listen, we don't want to see Chris go. No one, no one wants to see Chris go. But if you walk away with that, you at least feel like okay, we we figured out how to come out of this not looking like trash, man. And if you're a team, that's a great that's a great deal. If I'm the Packers or if I'm someone sitting at 28 and I can get a Pro Bowl cornerback for two to three to four more years, all pro, and get an early second round pick, that's a steal. Now you do have to pay Chris. Uh, but I think I think teams there'll be plenty of teams that will be willing to pay him. But Ryan, big picture, take a step back. What does this mean? What does this mean? Because I believe we both said in order to have an elite defense and to win right now, the Broncos had to get a stud at ten. Couldn't trade back. Needed a stud at ten, and had to keep Chris Harris Jr. Big problem. <laughs> Big problem. Yeah. Uh, I think if you got a stud at te- – if you did what I just said, there's still hope. If you can't pull that off, if you end up with even Devin White and, and Rocky Sin 
and now you're hoping that one of Isaac Yadam or Rock comes in and and plays at a high level. It, there's a lot. Of, there's just a lot of hoping going on. I think. I and, think, and that's probably the end of their playoff hopes. I agree, and and I think that if you trade Chris, you John needs to take a step back and realize just where this team is right now. And you know what? They've added some good pieces. Kareem Jackson, he's going to be able to to, to be played a high level throughout the, his his two year contract uh, or his three year contract. It, it maybe the the final years purely as a safety, but you added good players this year. But you know what? You're still a step away. And if that means that you know you're really looking to move on from Joe Flacco after this year, then just start that process now. If you love Drew Locke, then move up and get him. Do whatever you need to do to go get that quarterback. Start the process now. And, hey, if you want to be as competitive as possible this year, even though you know you're not a Super Bowl-winning team, then let Joe stay on the team and let him be the starter and let Drew Locke develop. I don't think the Broncos are going to move on from Joe Flacco because they draft Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins and they're going to go full rebuild mode. I don't think they're going to do that. But, boy, I just wonder if John's going to be able to realize that and and, and take that sip of water and pu- push it down when you're 24 hours away from the first round. And he had a clear vision of what he wanted for this team. And, Ryan, it, it's a cornerback. This is your second best player. You can't lose sight of that and what that means for your team. This this is a bad situation, Zach. <laughs> this is a really bad situation. I I don't know I don't know how it got to this point. It seems like it was sort of mismanaged by John Elway. I also think it feels to me like this is what John Elway wanted. I don't think John Elway wanted to sign Chris. I don't know why. But that's the feeling I get. And there's plenty of information. Just look. He's putting it on the back burner. He's done it. He's done it over again. His comment yesterday, that was intentional. It was like John was just waiting for Chris to either cave because of his pushing and pushing and pushing or for Chris just to punch back. And I think John is probably okay with it. It's wild. It really is wild to me that they're willing to part with their second best player, period. Not on, not on defense. This is their second best player. That is is just wild to me. And John, and this isn't like a, a position that John doesn't value highly. I mean, in the past, John has very much valued wide receiver, edge rusher, and cornerback. I mean, th- those are the top three. So this is a position he values so much. He went out in the offseason and spent tons of money on this position to value it. And Ryan, now, let's just say they do move on from Chris and take the draft with a grain of salt because cornerbacks coming in and being excellent their rookie year is just not something you want to count on what does this Broncos cornerback group look like because I'm a little hesitant that Kareem Jackson is going to be counted on as a number one or a number two cornerback I I know they they played him at safety for minicamp because they said there was a, a bigger learning curve at safety I think there's a little more to that and they haven't mentioned Will Park's name at all. So just there's so many things that add up that Kareem Jackson would be playing a decent amount of safety. So you have Bryce Callahan and Isaac Adam. And, you know, the tryout player, too, you signed last week. That doesn't give you much more hope than it, than it was last year. No, it doesn't. I will say this, though. If Chris isn't here, Kareem Jackson is a corner. He's, he's got to be, right? He has to be. 
You're not starting Isaac Yadam, Bryce Callahan, and second round draft pick. He's gonna he's going to be uh, a corner for this team. So let me ask you this though: Who would you rather have, Chris Harris and Bradley Roby? Knowing what we know about Bradley Roby, or Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan? Oi, 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 Ryan! Ah, uh, give me Chris and one of the other two guys. <laughs> I'm saying the question is, did they up, did they still upgrade the position? And and remember, you're getting year two Isaac Adam now, which you assume is at least marginally better. Is he included in the equation? We just go on top two. Let's go top three, which is Chris Roby and rookie Isaac Adam, mm. or Cream Jackson, Bryce Callahan, and second year Isaac Adam. As crazy as it is, what makes a difference for me is second year Isaac Adam. That, that's what puts that one just a bit ahead. If we weren't including the third guy, I would have gone Chris. And the reason is stud, absolute lockdown. You don't have to worry about him. Then Vic Fangio would be able to just do whatever he wants on that other side to contain the second and third wide receiver. But if Isaac Yadam does take the step that you hope he does and he has the right uh, head on his shoulders to take that step, then I like that one just a little bit more. But, Ryan, it's that one's more of a gamble. Because, we, you know, Bradley Roby is going to be a gamble on every play. He may be great. He may be a flop. Kareem Jackson, does he play to that level that he played at last year at cornerback, which which was great? He hasn't done that throughout the rest of his career because he's been bounced around. Uh, and, and does Bryce Callahan stay healthy? I mean, it's, it's more of a gamble. Oh, man. It is. But I go back to what we said when they got these two guys. These are two top 10 PFF corners. If you can get improvement from Isaac, any any tangible improvement, I think you feel okay. The problem is, for a while here, we've been talking about elite defense. We've been talking about that for the entirety of, of the post-free agency period. We said, okay, they're doubling down on defense. They're, they're hammering in the secondary. They're getting Jackson and Callahan to go alongside Chris Harris Jr., and they're going to put together – a incredible defense for Vic Fangio to go lead this team to the playoffs, and we're not going to ask much of Joe Flacco and so on and so forth. Just because you upgraded the position a little bit does not mean you've put yourself in an in, in elite standing, and that's the problem. It is the problem. So, and then, so you think, well, you know, this is probably an above-average defense still. You still have Bradley Chubb. You still have Von Miller. You, you like what you have in the secondary uh, as pieces. And if you add a great defensive player in the first round and you add a cornerback or you add a safety in the second round, then, then you're feeling good about it. Elite, <coughs> excuse you. me, thank you. Uh, elite, probably not, not this year, uh, but good, yes. But then, Ryan, you're avoiding the offense in the first and second round. The best you can hope for, the best you can realistically hope for is, you know, I don't think you can plan on Andy Isabella, so maybe you can get a speedster in the third to help Joe Flacco, uh, or a guard. Otherwise, you're not going to get a starter for the offensive side of the ball, and that's a, that's obviously the part that needs the most help. So your defense is probably above average, while your offense is still below average, you know, tinkering with that. Uh, that's, that's not a playoff-caliber team right there. That's a sad truth, and it, it's confusing with, with John Elway and the approach here because you would assume 
that he would do everything it would take to try and get this team ready to go compete for a playoff position. I can only come away with the fact that he thinks that they're better off in the future not paying Chris Harris Jr. $15 million when he's 32 years old, but that doesn't add up with what John Elway's been doing. And I already know what the smirk on your face means, and it actually does lead us to a good transition here because I think we've talked a lot about Chris Harris Jr. If John Elway's making future moves, what does that mean for number 10? Should he make the biggest future move? I think he should. How do you want to do? This? How do you want to do this? Let's get into uh, our draft preview, Zach, uh, because I think it's going to be infinitely more interesting all of a sudden. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you about the good folks over at Weinster. If you're like me, I'm trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult. That's why I'm sitting here at a golf course. <laughs> peering over the mountain range birds whistling yeah in your the, ear. exactly <laughs> uh, but you got to check out my friends over at Weinster. that is the one thing that could complement what we're doing here right now zach is a nice glass of wine and Weinster is an innovative online direct to consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in america today what makes them special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of re- retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine. Not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Winester, all you got to do is sit back, relax, and they'll curate a hand-picked shipment from some of the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple wines... As a club member, you can have them sent straight to your door with no shipping costs. Oh, and Weinster was founded by t- three CU Boulder alums, my people. So sign up today with code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment and start being a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Okay, Zach, let's hop into the draft preview. I would have thought that would have been the first thing we would have done today. Chris threw a wrench in those gears. But the two things are connected. And like I said, if John Elway is making future moves, is he going to make a future move at 10 overall? Mm, it's a good question, and it goes back to kind of what we were just talking about with elite defense uh, and an offense. Here's the thing, and why you know elite defenses win Super Bowls once every decade or once every 15 years is because it's so difficult to put. I mean, how many pieces do you need in place? Eight? pieces on defense in place in order to be a truly elite defense that can carry you to a Super Bowl, it's hard to get all of those together, keep everyone happy, and as we're finding out, all it takes is one guy to kind of derail that. Now, they're not going from elite to bad, but potential of elite to now, I don't know if that potential is there for this team anymore, whereas on the offensive side of the ball, if you get a quarterback and you get that guy, all you have to do is make him happy. If, if the wide receiver demands a trade or wants too much money or the left tackle wants too much money, you know what? The great ones, they live with that. That's okay. Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they, they're fine with it. They make the, the offense around them great. And, boy, if a quarterback is there at 10, Ryan, personally, I've convinced myself that's what you would have to do. Not what John Elway would do, but what you have to do because – Here's the question. What's Joe Flacco's ceiling? Uh, what was it, 34 touchdowns and 12 interceptions? Yep. In his career, the the best year he had um, was, wasn't it, it was 27 and 12. 
Well, I, I gave him a good healthy <laughs> chunk on, on the on the on the healthy side. And that was five years ago. But let's say he can he's in Scangarello's offense and he can work magic and he gets back to that. Maybe you're sniffing the playoffs. Maybe you're around there. But consistently, year after year, for the next seven years, or is Joe Flacco going to put up those numbers? History would say no way. Uh, and then, are, are you going to be making deep playoff runs? History would say no. You're not going to be. So then go get the guy. If it's too difficult to keep this defense and go down the route you want to go, invest that in 10 on the offensive side of the ball. And then, hey, if you want to spend the rest of the draft going defense to make it as good as you can be so that you can be, compete for as long as possible this year uh, and, and set yourself up, give Vic Fangio his guys for the future, fine with me. What a turn of events. And I truly believe that this Chris Harris Jr. situation has, has totally flipped uh, where the Broncos could go at 10. I just mm. – as soon as you start thinking about the future – you you have to think about the quarterback position. Because remember, Chris Harris Jr. is in about the same window as Joe Flacco, in my opinion. Three more years of, of good ball before you start mm. saying, this person is old. And so all of a sudden, you're not pulling the trigger on the next three years. You're starting to think about the future. Now, I still hold true to all of the things I've said about John Elway and wanting to win now and not wanting to wait three years to get it done. With that being said, it's 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 hard for me to think that if Dwayne Haskins is sitting there at 10 after nine teams, or at least three teams, idiotically pass on him, I can't imagine that you just don't pull the trigger on that guy. He's, In my opinion, he's that good. And Ryan, some news coming out today that the Redskins are, in fact, in love with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne's on the board at 10. The Redskins are calling you. They're offering you 15 and a second. What do you do? I pull the trigger and draft Dwayne Haskins. Mm, that's what I do. Because what's a second-round pick getting you? It's getting you a cornerback, right? I mean, Rocky Sin, potentially, who everyone loves his potential. He could be He could be a player this year. Not a stud, but a player this year. But come on. A cornerback? No, come on. Give me the quarterback. Go that route. And the question to you, though, Ryan, is 24 hours before the draft, 48 hours before the second and third round, will John Elway change his philosophy? Because one crazy thing that we learned yesterday from John kind of went under the radar. He and Vic haven't sat down and talked about their philosophy for the draft. That's so a lie. Is it because John kind of <laughs> jo John was expecting a curveball like this, and he said, "Vic, we got to wait till the the eleventh hour to make our plans and see where our team's at at that point." Because right now, yesterday, John Elway looked crazy for that. Right now, it's like, oh, well, he makes sense. Now they can now they can plan with life without Chris. I don't buy it. <laughs> I really don't buy it. Um, and if so, you know what that means? Hmm. Vic Fangio has no say <laughs> at all. <sighs> And then you know what John also said yesterday? He said Vic has the same role as every other head coach. Maybe, uh, man, may, I don't know. Maybe we've had this wrong all along and nothing's changed. That's kind of how I feel right now listening to that quote. But there's part of me that wants to believe that Vic Fangio is going to be more involved. Uh, John, I don't know. John feels like he's going rogue right now. <laughs> like he's getting rid of Chris on his own. But – also, I think 
something to be to, to keep in mind here that's really important to keep in mind is that Vic Fangio's scheme is not cornerback dependent. It's not. Now, they had good players there. They had Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller. Well, now they have Bryce Callahan and uh, and Kareem Jackson. And, and I think Vic Fangio's over there saying, I can win with that. I, I, I don't think they would have done this if Vic Fangio hadn't have said, I don't need three high-level corners. I need that money for X, Y, or Z. I agree until it got to the point where Chris said, I want $15 million, and then John just stepped in and said, no. No chance are we making this happen. Vic, you're going to have to go with what, whatever you want. But Vic does have that history of not needing those guys. So that doesn't, in your mind, that doesn't change John's philosophy entering the draft then. I don't know. What just gives me pause is that I think if, if life is without Chris Harris Jr., he's a big enough impact player that you say, we need to start looking towards the future. I think so, too. He's your second best player. Yeah. Second best player. And now, Ryan, here's another very interesting thing that John said. Well, there's a lot of things involving the quarterback that John said yesterday. Um, And one of them, I'm trying to find the exact quote right here. But he essentially said that, I'll find that exact quote. So I'll throw something else at you when I find that. When he was talking about Joe Flacco yesterday, he said, we thought the price was right on making the move for Joe. And he said that quote when he was asked uh, if signing, if trading for Joe Flacco cha- gave uh, his impressions on this draft class. And he said, no, no, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm down on this draft class. And then he explained why I got Joe Flacco in it. In it he said, we thought the price was right. Hmm. To me... If you're if if you're getting a franchise quarterback because the price is right, then you don't love him. Now and then he went on to go say how great of a mini camp he had last week. Come on, John, you're not fooling me at least. It, in mini camp, everyone should look good, especially a quarterback who's throwing the ball against air, uh, against you know half speed things going on. So that made me think that there's wiggle room. There's wiggle room in the draft to go get a quarterback. Yeah, I was at what, what did I say yesterday? Ten percent. Yep. Say I'm at about 25 today. Mm. A big upgrade. A big upgrade. Now, what if a quarterback's on the board? Well, I'm just assuming that a quarterback is on the board. In that. Okay. Okay. Because otherwise, there's nothing. It's out of their control. It's 0% if the quarterback's not on the board. Right. So I'm going to say 25% chance that if a quarterback is on the board, they would go Haskins or Locke. Now, I'm trying to find the the other exact quote, but I can't find it right now. But he pretty much also said. The system is more important than the person you put in it. Talking about the quarterback position. Oh, that's exactly what he said. That is mind-blowing. So you're telling me just put Josh Rosen in Peyton Manning's offense in that system, and that's all that matters? It's, it's not Peyton Manning. It's the system that he had? It's the opposite of the truth. <laughs> yes. It's completely wrong. <laughs> Couldn't be more wrong. It blew my mind. But that's what you say when Joe Flacco's your quarterback. <laughs> And so to me, though, that says, no, Joe is a perfect fit. And I do believe that Joe's a great fit for this offense. And if John truly believes that deep down inside, then that's the guy, right? There's no question. That's the guy because they got the system in place and they got the quarterback for that system. 
hey, I mean, <laughs> quarterback doesn't matter. It's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, it's a system league, right? <laughs> That's what they always say. Yeah, systems are put into the Hall of Fame. They always say that it's that the system you run on offense is the most important thing <laughs> in sports. Isn't that the the old phrase? I think so. Yeah. Systems win uh, <laughs> Super Bowls. All those things. Yep. Forget the players. <laughs> It's all about. I mean, come on, man. But I, like I said, that's what you got to say when Joe Flacco is your quarterback. So I guess mm. they're rolling with that. Do you think they're rolling with quarterback, or that's just what John? I think was they're rolling, rolling with, with Joe. Yesterday? They've got the system. It doesn't matter. <sighs> Don't do this to me, John. Don't do this to me. I hope he drafts a quarterback at ten and then says, like, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter what your system is if you don't have the right guy. <laughs> He's just then he truly would be going rogue on himself. I can't. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. I'm. I'm lost. And what did what did James Palmer say to us on Monday? He said, um, "The if if the Broncos are drafting a quarterback, John's the only one that knows." Now, would that be crazy for a lot of GMs? Absolutely, that would be insane. You would have to cross quarterback off the list. Would that be crazy for John Elway to do? I love that he said that because then I feel good about what I've been saying this whole time. Yeah. Because. I don't, I don't think it has to be a secret to you guys that John Elway is not my direct source <laughs> when I talk to people at Broncos headquarters. I'd love to get there one day, but you know we're, we're honest with our listeners here, and I think they probably knew that. <laughs> John doesn't really talk much, and if he does, it's going to be to someone at the mothership, <laughs> as they say. So if, they, if, if he wants to go rogue like that and, and draft a quarterback, then all the more power to him. Um, it's going to probably – upset some people in that building who spend you know their all of their time trying to, to help them with getting someone other than a quarterback as they have all this time but remember they brought them all in they've done their due diligence they're prepared and this is why you do this because if things change last minute for whatever reason you want to be prepared to meet it head on and so zach let's uh let's do this what are we going to do you want to you want to do a few mock drafts where you pick for one team, I pick for the next team, and then we we go through and see who's there at ten, see how it folds out. That sounds fun to me. Let's do that. All right. So Ryan, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. You got ten minutes to make that. No, I'm kidding. You don't get you get ten seconds to make this pick. I think it'll take you. I think it'll only take you one second. Okay. So before I pick, let's just lay this out. We're gonna do two of these. The first one, Zach, we're going to do what we think is going to happen. The next one, we're going to do what we would do if we were in that pick. Mm, love it. Um, and we'll switch. So for, this time I'll pick first. Next time you'll pick first. Yep. All right. With the first pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. <laughs> no surprise. No surprise. With the second pick, it comes in just as quick as the first pick came in. The San Francisco 49ers select Nick Bosa. Okay. With the third overall pick, 2019 NFL Draft, the Jets are on the clock, and they pick Quinn and Williams. You just can't pass up a player of that quality. You can't. You can't. Get him a three. You feel good about that. All right. The Oakland Raiders are on the clock, and they got to do some thinking. They're going to take the whole 10 seconds on this one. <sighs> you know where the decision process is here? What do you mean? I know who they're taking. 
We're taking Josh Allen. Wow. Okay. Things are starting to flip on their head here. Um, that just was bad news for the Broncos. Because with the fifth overall pick, now that the edge rusher, the top edge rusher is off the board, or I guess the second edge rusher, the more speedy one, they have no choice but to take the only remaining elite linebacker, and that is Devin White. Mm, Yep, that does stink for the Broncos. Ryan, the New York Giants are on the clock at six, and boy, I've been given the two hardest ones here with the Raiders and now the Giants. And they've done a good job trying to smoke screen some people. They're successfully smoke screening some people. They take Drew Locke. Okay. All right. Let me get Drew Locke off my board over here. Um, I think I have a weird feeling that they're going to do something stupid. The Giants? Yep. And they're going to draft Daniel Jones with that pick. So real. Oh, wow. That would be stupid. Especially there. You can get him at 17. So what would you have done at four with the Raiders? Drew Locke. That's where I was like 51%. I should have gone there. But the draft is how it is. All right, we now have the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock at 7. And another bit of a shocker here now. It's a name that's been connected with them. Uh, and I just look at the way that Nick Foles threw the ball to Zach Ertz. He couldn't stop throwing the ball to Zach Ertz. He just, every time he threw the ball to Zach Ertz. And with that in mind, they take TJ Hawkinson. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And, Ryan, that really hurts the Detroit Lions who are on the clock at eight. They were going to go TJ Hawkinson. But now they've got to go the other side of the ball. And they've got to get a player that will help them control the middle of their defense. And they select Devin Bush. Oh, Wow. They jump up and select Devin Bush. All right, things have fallen very oddly here for the Denver Broncos. Um, At pick nine, the uh, Buffalo Bills are on the board, and they have this quarterback that they've invested their whole franchise hopes in, and they need to get this guy a weapon. Mm. They take DK Metcalf. Mm. The Broncos are on the clock, and Ryan – there is one Dwayne Haskins on the board, and if this is what you and I would do. By the way, this is a nightmarish scenario. It Ooh. almost is, though. Wouldn't it be nightmarish if well, okay, let me the just say. Raiders went with Locker Haskins and the Giants with, with Locker Haskins? No, because then a really good defensive player is still alive. What if it, what if it pushed DK Metcalf back? Well, <laughs> it's almost as we a sit here, scenario. Oh, I guess – Ed Oliver is still on the board. So your options are Ed Oliver, Dwayne Haskins, at least based on the guys that we've talked about. Andre Dillard still on the board, Rashawn Gary, Jonah Williams, uh, Greedy Williams. But, again, those guys are pretty far far down the board. And in terms of top ten grades, it's really Ed Oliver and Dwayne Haskins. It's a trade-back scenario, but we're not doing trades right now. We can talk about trades after this one. If it was anyone else other than Ed Oliver, Ryan, I just have listened to Andre and, and trust him and, and everything he said about what the Broncos value, and that is not Ed Oliver. So I'll go Dwayne Haskins for the Broncos at 10. I think that's what I would have done as well. Um, it just It's too good to be true. <laughs> You're getting a guy who was QB1 like three months ago at 10. I... I don't believe it's going to happen. I guess should we, should we do a trade one now 
where where we or where where do you think trades will happen? Because yesterday John Elway said trades don't happen as often as you expect them to happen. It's impossible to project these. I don't want to mess around. Where do you think though? I mean, where where could it happen? We don't have to go through all ten and do a mock draft again, but where does a trade go down? Because could be at two. I mean, John Lynch threw around that two was available if the right thing was there. Um, three, the Jets could move. You haven't seen much about that. I don't. I do not see the Raiders moving back. I've heard the Jets moving back. Okay, um, is a possibility. Again, who's moving? Up? Who are you moving up for? By the way, did you know ten out of the last eleven quarterbacks drafted in the first round were traded up for? No way. And you know who the one that wasn't traded up for? Baker. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't wow. trade up any higher. Wow. So if, you, if if the Broncos make a trade, it's for a quarterback. That's what history would tell. Well, history would tell us if the Broncos are going to draft a quarterback, they are going to trade up to get him. And it makes sense, right? You love a guy, and you just say we can't let we cannot let him go. We can't sit here for five picks. You know, we have to go get him. It makes sense. So the Raiders could move from four to two or four to three just if if they feel threatened. The Bucks. They could trade back. They're they're a tricky one though. I don't I don't see them. I don't think there's a zero percent chance they take a quarterback. The Giants could move up to two or three to jump the Raiders, uh, and and then is when you get into the big type of trades with the Broncos going from ten to two. Uh, you have the Bengals who you need to keep an eye on, um, and the Dolphins, the Dolphins and the Redskins. Those are going to be huge, huge trades if they go down. All right, let's do this round two now. What we would do if we were the team picking. Zach, you're on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals at one. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's off the board. I love to hear that from you. Uh, well, you've got to give the coach what he wants. We're talking about what we would do, not what we think is going to happen. Just make sure you guys keep that in mind. I wouldn't have hired Cliff Kingsbury, but now that you do, if you're Steam Kime, you got to give it to him. I would have. <laughs> um, so, by the way, what they – think what we think they're gonna do sorry what we what we, we what would, we would do, do yep. if and if i was john lynch and i had my pick of nick mm. bosa or quinn and williams it would be a no-brainer to me quinn and williams yeah exactly how i feel with that situation and with the jets they feel great about this you go nick bosa at three yeah i think nick bosa has i'm getting bust vibes i don't like nick bosa i mean you know i don't like him for the number one overall pick i he's a talent i hate his attitude and the way he comes off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also just deleted a bunch of tweets. and <laughs> Who's to say whether he should have done that or not? But mm. uh, it, I just I feel bust. I'm feeling bust. Would you take him at three? I mean, in, in this scenario where he falls? Yeah, yeah. I think so. That's I think it's I a risk yeah, you're willing yeah. to take. Yeah, right. And now okay. he and his brother go third overall. All right, you are on the clock with the Raiders at four. Mm. No, you're on the clock with the Raiders. I'm on the clock with the Raiders at four. Just trying to give that one away to you. Interesting. Um, If I were the Raiders, I would 150% draft Drew Locke right there. Yep, I would as well. Come on. Derek Derek Carr Carr isn't. He's not your guy. Get get the playmaker, and that's what Drew Locke is. The Tampa Bay Bucks are on the board. Do you believe in Jameis Winston? The head coach does. I'm the general manager. I'm believing in my head coach. I'm getting Devin White. I would have done something different here. I would have gone Josh Allen if I were them. Just uh, value. Value of the position. Yep, makes sense. Okay, so i got to take Devin White off my board here. Mm, The Giants at six. 
The Giants at six. If I were the Giants, this is a absolute no-brainer. I'd take Dwayne Haskins. You have to. You have to. Come on. Eli's not the truth. Don't go through with that. At seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They can get what many think is a top three player in this draft at Josh Allen. They do that. Smart. Very smart. At eight, I am the Detroit Lions. I don't know what they're going to do here. Mm. Uh, they're a, a huge wild card to me. Huge like, offense, defense. They could go anywhere. I'll say that they really miss Calvin Johnson, and they cross their fingers that oh, DK Metcalf wow, they is do the it next again one again for a top wide receiver. Yeah, they just can't help themselves. Man, and now the Buffalo Bills, kind of the same feeling. I think they can go anywhere. Man, they really wanted that weapon for Josh Allen, and that weapon is still on the board in one TJ Hawkinson. Uh, AFC East does not like this. No. They do not like seeing that Josh Allen and TJ Hawkinson are now going to be a pair. Big combo. Did they sign a wide receiver? They sa- Yes, they signed a few. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, though. But I think I think that offense is going to catch people by surprise. Mm. Did they get John Brown? Or not? Yeah, yeah John they Brown. did get yep. John Brown. Yep, that makes sense. You know what? I'm just going to kind of going to hop on this bandwagon right now. Everyone wants to uh, to stand the Browns. I'm going to say that the Buffalo Bills have a better season than the Browns. Wow, so better record? Yep. Wow. I'll take you on that one. Pizza bet? (laughs) We can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. There we go. Pizza bet. All right. I know that I'm going out on a limb here. I should get some odds for this. You should. I'm assuming that the over-under for them is about seven. It's nine for the the Browns. So I should get a – maybe I'm a pizza and a half. Give me a pizza and a half. Maybe you get a topping, an extra topping. All right, all right. Fair (laughs) enough, fair enough. All right, now I'm on the board with the Broncos at 10. Not – Is this a – I don't love the the situation here. Man, the way – the more we keep doing this. (laughs) But someone's going to pick a player that we didn't expect. Okay. Um, At number 10 with the Broncos, the two main options I see here are Ed Oliver and Devin Bush. And I've got Andre in the back of my head, too. Hmm. They go Devin Bush and solidify the middle of that that linebacking group for a very long time. He's a very solid player. He, Like I've said, he's not explosive. I don't get explosive when I watch him. But I get high-level starter. So he's not elite. I don't, I, don't use, I don't see the word elite. And that's how I feel about this pick is it's a good pick, solid pick. You're not over the moon about it, not because. But it's who's elite line. that's left on the board? Is it just Ed Oliver? It. This is kind of a, not not a nightmare scenario, but this is not an exciting scenario. You didn't pick the wrong guy. You picked the right guy. It's. And I guess the way this worked out is all the guys that we liked, <laughs> right. we picked for other teams because they were on the board. Exactly. So. Realistically, I think Ed Oliver can fit. Uh, I just, I just ca- keep coming back to that. Realistically, Ryan. What is the dream scenario for the Broncos? You don't have to go through the nine picks before, but what is the best possible player to fall to the Broncos, in your mind? Best possible player that could fall to the Broncos is Devin White. Not a quarterback. Well, Dwayne Haskins. So you would go Dwayne Haskins, Devin White? Kind of what's your order, I guess? Of the players that could potentially... Realistic picks. Okay, uh, Ed Oliver, or sorry, um, <laughs> um, Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. Devin White, Ed Oliver, Drew Locke, TJ Hawkinson. 
I think it's Drew Locke, number one. Just think, because, just because right, of the, the, the ceiling, the athleticism. Also got a little bit of John talking in my head, but but I, I, I like it too. And the reason is because if you get a, a chance to get that that uh, high of a ceiling of a player at 10 and you have Joe Flacco as a safety net, might as well take it. Dwayne Haskins would be number two for me, a close two. Um, and then it, it's Devin White. And then it's being realistic, probably at Oliver. That, so that's how my, my forward round out. Keep getting thrown off by the fact that you like Locke more than Haskins. Just keep surprising me. But I respect it. I, I like, like that Locke mobility. a lot too. He's gonna He's gonna be good. I just lo- I love the attitude. Man, and if if they draft him, you guys will quickly be in love with it because it, it's How not- is that gonna work? What? With Drew Locke, like this consummate leader who is such a team player, such a charismatic guy all of a sudden coming in here and having to take a back seat to Joe Flacco. And I wondered that as well. And that was actually, I, that would be a, a question for him uh, Friday when we talked to him, if that's the route they go is he's a guy, how many times did he tell us at the senior bowl, Ryan, that he can lead in any situation. He can lead any type of player. He can lead a team when they're bad, when they're good, when, when he's a freshman, when he's a senior, how would he take a back seat or would he, would he just treat this team as his? I don't know if he knows how. And that's probably something that teams love about him. Right. He is a leader. He must lead. Yep. And I think he would come in here and, and say, I've been told that this is Joe's team, but I don't know how to operate like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend every day acting like I'm the starting quarterback. Gosh. And hopefully I can – be the starting quarterback when week ones comes around because I'm not going to approach this in any other way. That, That's the way to do it. Just be very open and honest about it uh, and say that it's just in your DNA. You can't change. And then you know what? That would fire Joe up too because he see this young kid, a, a, a kid as he would call him, coming in and uh, and really competing with him. And Joe said, what's, what's he going to do with the Broncos draft quarterback? He's going to compete. So, man, I'd love that. It would be interesting. I mean, It'd be great you and I love it. would love it so much. Um, I'm down with either. Give me Locke. Give me Haskins. Obviously, give me Kyler Murray. Um, I'll never, I'll never let that die. Um, remember, and just, just so you know, as we were sitting here on this day one year ago, I was saying, "Give me Baker Mayfield. I'll die on that hill." Yep. You know. Um, I like Baker too. Here's my thing about Kyler. Here's my official final take. I think he's going to take the league by storm. And it's not going to be a surprise. He's the number one overall pick. I'm not going out on a limb there. It'll last about two or three years. And then, then it'll be done. It'll be done because of his body not holding up or because they'll have a counter punch? They'll have a counter punch. And uh, I just I don't see him lasting long as, as, an, as a great quarterback. I see him slowing down, the league catching up to him, and that really limiting him. Now, I know he's accurate, and I can't take that away. And that's why he's going number one overall is because he's so accurate and he has all those other things. But I see the league catching up to him. Fair enough. I don't. <laughs> um, I see Russell Wilson. Multiple Super Bowl appearances, mm. definitely a Super Bowl championship. Um, I think you're going to see some games like like Deshaun Watson had in his rookie season mm. where everyone was just like, oh, my God, this yep. guy's insane. You'll see that. Uh, 400 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, like something crazy like that. Um, he's going to have struggles as every rookie quarterback does, but he is going, I I think the the term you said, take the league by storm. 
I think he's going to take the league by storm. And I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to look awesome. And Steve Kimes is going to look like a genius. And Josh Rosen is going to be sitting behind uh, Phillip Rivers. Mm, are you scared about that if you're the Broncos? Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, he should be yours. Yep. You're the one that should be making that move. So what do you think about Chris for Josh? Easy trade. You do it? Yep. Because he's gone anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to lose him. Um, and, 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 and you make that trade after the first round, right? You do it on Friday morning or during the draft, right? Could you imagine if the Broncos got Devin White with the 10th overall pick and then had to trade Chris, everyone's bummed about it, but they're bringing in Josh Rosen on the same day for his introductory uh, press conference? And you get Chris's replacement, so you get a quarterback and two defensive players. Man, that'd be exciting. A lot of people would forget about, not forget about Chris in a bad way, but a lot of people would, would move on. I think so, too. I think I think a quarterback, I mean, if John Elway wants a distraction from <laughs> potentially losing Chris Harris, by the way, just to uh, update you guys, a couple articles have come out here in the last few minutes, one from Nikki Javala, one from Mike Kliss, both quoting Chris Harris Jr., which is frustrating for me on a couple of different levels, <laughs> um, both quoting Chris Harris Jr. saying, essentially, the Broncos can salvage the relationship still. He's not done with the Broncos. Mm. which this is usually like the natural counter everyone thinks it's done and then chris comes back and says no it's not done and you know then everyone stops freaking out yeah i still i still think he's gonna be traded he says he's not closing the door until they close it well the door is two is two options for the broncos it's it's uh trade him or pay him 15 million dollars john's not paying him 15 million dollars so john will close that door Okay, so just so we're clear here, as we we wrap up this segment, Zach, normally I would hold this for the end of the podcast, but I want to do it right now. With the 10th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select... Devin Bush. Okay, is that, is that what you were giving me yesterday when you yep. said you had a lean? Yep, that's it. Okay. Well, mine is very similar. Mm. His name is also Devin. Mm. He also plays linebacker. Mm. He's just a little bit better. Ah. It's Devin White. And I just think something happens, something stupid happens in the top ten that causes him to fall. Maybe it's a team jumping up into the top three and having what, – what you need to root for is Josh Allen going to the Bucks. If he goes to the Bucks, it's pretty much open for – Devin White to fall to the Broncos. As long as the Lions don't pick him. Yeah, and and that's a lot more open. Who knows what the I mean, who knows if the Lions are even going to be a team anymore <laughs> come tomorrow. They're so irrelevant. But no, I think that's I think that's the approach is if Josh Allen falls or sorry, if yeah, if Josh Allen falls just a couple spots and they can get him at 5, Devin White falls to the Broncos, that's the pick. Man, that would be great. That would be a heck of a pick. All this quarterback talk. <laughs> yeah. And we end up landing on two linebackers, because which is you, where we started this whole thing. Because you know what happens to push these linebackers down. And, and there is a scenario where Devin Bush is taken at eight by the Lions, and, and they the Broncos don't even have a chance at either of them. It's if quarterbacks are gone. And that's why I think in the end the pick is a linebacker. And, boy, it would be great if it was Devin White. I just think he's gone. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the Broncos get Devin White. He is a um, a eccentric personality. He loves horses. 
He is a hell of a football player, and he would transform this defense pretty much instantly. Saying that, John, let's go get a reincarnation of yourself. Go get Drew Locke, baby. Man, <laughs> what a day tomorrow is going to be. I can't believe it's already here. Uh, before we hop out of the segment again, I want to thank Fossil Trace for hosting us today. This is just insane. We're sitting up here on a high-rise deck looking out over the front range. We can see Golden. We can see the mountains. We can see number one. We can see number 10. We can see number – I forget what hole that is. Uh, I'm going to head out here and, and swing the sticks a little bit as soon as we finish this podcast. Uh, but we still got plenty of questions to get to from you guys, uh, and we will do that just on the other side of this break. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family-oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Coming in here to the final segment on the BSN Broncos podcast, presented today by Fossil Trace Golf Club. What a what a scene it is out here. I'm itching. I like I'm I just cannot wait to get out onto that number one hole. Zach, the first hole has a chimney on it oh. from a old settlement that used to be here when when the my, when the gold rush came and I I might be butchering this story, but I'm trying to relate <laughs> as Adam Finch who is uh, in charge of things here related to me. There used to be a town right where this golf course sits mm. and they would back in the day sorry to the to mother nature they would bring all the trash to one place and just burn it and the trash burning chimney which is beautiful it's like rocks <laughs> it and doesn't look like a trash there's a giant chimney. iron door it sits in the middle of the fairway of the first hole mm. now you can't really see it from here because it's a the hole starts up here and dog legs really hard left but yeah. if you hit your drive right over the corner of that sidewalk It'll, you know, you hit a nice little fade on it. It'll fade and feed right down to the chimney. It's a, a par five here, and you'll have a swing to get on into. It's such a cool hole. That's the most beautiful trash hill I've ever seen, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it, you would not know that there that, that was for trash. It just looks like a beautiful chimney. Then over here, I believe it's the 14th or 15th hole, you're essentially playing in a tube because mm. there are giant rocks Ooh. on your left-hand side. And then rocks on your right hand side, and if and again, it's if you hit it too straight, you might end up hitting a, a giant boulder in the middle of the hole. <laughs> man, you're a little golf historian. Oh man, I love this place. I, f I found a new career for you if you ever decide to hang this one up. I'm totally okay <laughs> with that. If that if there's any career that involves me playing golf every day, maybe that's just no career at all. Right. <laughs> that uh, that behooves me. Um, if you haven't played Fossil Trace Golf Course and you live in Colorado, or if you don't live in Colorado and you're coming into the Front Range, it's by far the most fun course on the Front Range. I mean, you coming in for one of those September games? Yep. Get, yep. Um, every year before the CUCSU game, 
me and my buddies get like a 7 a.m. tea time here, get the day started <laughs> nice and early. That is quite a th- few three days for you. Oh, yeah. It's a fun, fun weekend. So, anyways, come check out Fossil Trace. I guarantee you you'll have some of the most fun you've ever played, uh, had playing golf. It's a very scorable course, uh, and I've described it to people as – and I don't want this to come off as like a bad thing, but it's, it's mini golf on a giant scale. Mm. Like there's just so many cool things. There's right. like – on the back of some holes, there's like old, you know, um, machines they used to like dig and find yeah. and like find fossils. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's play, you know, there's a little dinosaur area that you can check out where they where they did uncover some fossils here. So that's why it's called Fossil Trace. Come play, you will not regret it. You have to. I mean, it is so pretty too. All right, Ryan, should we dive into these? And I think we started a bad trend making the buzzer beater a cool thing, Ryan, because we have 25 questions from you guys. So we're just going to power through these. First one coming in from Black Cat. And let me just say before we start, sorry, Zach. No. Um, if if it's redundant, if it's about Chris Harris Jr., and we've already talked for 45 minutes about Chris Harris Jr., we'll probably uh, glaze over it pretty quickly. Because we've already answered your question in the first segment. Black Cat comes in and says, Hey, guys, I just want to correct a mistake on my last comment last week. I said I had a vibe we were going to get Devin White, but that I would be okay with Haskins or Jones. I meant to say Locke instead of Jones and was horrified when I heard my mistake. I was at work when I was commenting, so I was trying to be quick. I just wanted to clear the air and get rid of any bad juju before the draft. (laughs) Also, do you think Elway's comment about Chris today was his attempt to have some control in negotiations? He really made it seem like he could walk away from a deal with Chris. If If he lets Chris walk, is he not really in win now mode? Is he really thinking about the future? And does that mean quarterback is on the docket in round one? Sorry for the long comment. Love the pod. I look forward to it every day. And we look forward to your comments as well, Black Cat. Thank you so much. And your comment pretty much was our first segment. So thank you for that. You're right on. Yep, completely. All right, Zach, I uh, have lost my connection over here, so I'm going to need you to lead the way. Chilango Bronco chimes in and says, Sorry, guys, you can find the Tonga Toast at Kona Cafe in Walt Disney World. That's what WDW is, Walt Disney World. I should have known. How would we know that? <laughs> I've never heard it called WDW, though. That makes me think of WD-40. He says, It is huge and filled with bananas, and the syrup has a mango citrus flavor. That's the most complex French toast I've ever heard of, but count me in he says loved elway's cockiness and self-confidence when a reporter asked about the broncos drafting tommy maddox while he was there it was amazing best moment probably of the whole press conference i thought he was pretty uh candid there of how he felt when they drafted tommy maddox way back when and did that did that give you any hints about quarterback like was he saying He's not going to do that to Joe Flacco, or was he saying like it's just something that everyone has to deal with? Yeah, I think it's just something that everyone has to deal with, and that you got to live with the consequences. He uh, he was asked about that, and he said that he was a DIA's baggage claim back in '92, which everyone said DIA didn't exist, and he meant Stapleton. Such a like, <laughs> col- I'm from Colorado flex. Right, exactly. <laughs> I saw like every other response to your tweet was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't exist. <laughs> like, that's what he said, so I'm just putting it in the story. And John said, we needed a whiteout. I said, Pickens must have been gone. He didn't go until the second round. And then a reporter asked, were you upset? And he said, sure. Yeah. How'd that work out? With a huge smile. Crazy. <laughs> 
crazy. That's wild. Why would you draft a quarterback when you had John Elway? If John Elway can get drafted underneath, <laughs> anyone exactly. can get drafted underneath. Exactly. So, a good moment there. All right, Zach, I still uh, don't have anything here, so I'm going to need you to lead us. Next one coming in from Seth M. He says, hello, fine fellows. I was a couple pods behind, so this is my first comment. Or so this is my first comment is from Monday's pod. The comment about shin splints and stretching out the muscles that lifts the foot is called the, oh, geez, the tibialis anterior. Finally, my thousands of dollars worth of education has paid off. Also, it's awesome to hear that Zach was a remote scout. Thanks for talking about that a bit. Secondly, drafting at 10 is like a seven-minute soak. You're going to be soaking your cereal cereal either way, and drafting a QB is comparable to grape nuts. It only gets better. Passing up on a future quarterback, if available, is comparable to original Cheerios. You'll sit there starving, stare at it, and then decide that you made a horrible, egregious mistake and settle for those carrots instead. Just my take. I'm hoping for Locke or Haskins. Either will do. Lastly, I'm thrilled with all of the love for the other Colorado sports teams right now. It's a super exciting time to be a Denver sports fan. Hashtag go Avs go. Keep up the great work, gents. Couldn't agree more. I, I used to believe that everyone that was a fan was a Denver sports fan. I sadly learned that there's a huge divide in the fan base, but I, uh, I'm i on team all the teams. And by the way, I was at the Nuggets game last night. Oh, it was pretty man. sweet. What a game. I gotta say, if you gotta choose, I would tell you to go to an Avs game over a Nuggets game. You sure you want to say that out there? You're gonna be competing with those people. I know. I'm just. I, <laughs> I just want to give the people all the information. It's what people say. It people say there's nothing like playoff hockey. And, and that and that's the thing. It's not a knock on the Nuggets. It's a. It's it's not even a knock on the NBA. It's a compliment to the NHL. They put on an incredible product. Did you see the San Jose Las Vegas game last night? Oh my gosh. I can I mean, first of all, it's. It's kind of sad to me that there was a power play that was questionable, five-minute major, that entirely changed the face of the playoffs. Yep. That Hockey's not supposed to be the, the sport where you complain about the officials. Right. Four goals on one power play. <laughs> they were down 3-0. That is wild. It's kind of a shame. It's kind I of mean, a shame. 3-0, next time I check, it's 4-3. Four, four, but I'm excited to watch the Colorado Avalanche skate circles. Around the San Jose Sharks, they are old and slow. Wouldn't you rather have them go against the Sharks instead of the Knights? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's an old Grateful Dead song, "Old and in the Way," <laughs> and that's what the sh- that's what the Sharks are on their way to the Western Conference. They're finals. old and in and in the Avs way. Yep. All right, what do we got next? Charlie Hotel chimes in, says, "Now that Patrick Peterson is a disaffected Cardinal, put on your John Elway hats and consider this: pick number ten and Chris Harris for Peterson and Josh Rosen." Are you in? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm in twice. See, I've seen a lot of people say Chris Harris for Patrick Peterson. Wait, okay, say the trade again. Number 10 and Chris for Peterson and Rosen. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I thought I heard something better. I think, I think the, you're getting fleeced a bit. No, 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 no. For 10? Didn't Patrick Peterson just sign a deal? Did he? Is he locked up for a while? I thought they. Did. I thought he signed a deal last year. How old is he? I think he's about the same age as Chris. Maybe a little younger. So you're you're essentially giving up a first round pick for a better corner. Josh Rosen. Yeah, maybe. I originally thought it was a second when I first heard it. That's why I was all in on it. Mm, I would be all in on that too. Um. 
I guess it's 28 years old. Okay, so he'll be 29. So one year younger than Chris. I guess. Uh, let me change my tune. If you're if you're letting go of Chris, it's because Vic Fangio says he doesn't need three great corners. Mm. And so because of that, I say no. I, I personally, if I was the GM, would be kind of excited by that, but I don't think the Broncos would do it. I I love Pat Pete. He is <laughs> nasty. Pat he's be- Pete. He's better than Chris. But and I, and I I've said that Chris is the best before, but I I think Patrick Peterson's better. I mean, if you can make, I, I think there's a happy middle ground here because I've seen a lot of people say Chris for Patrick Peterson. I don't think the Cardinals would do that. It should be ten. It should be forty-one mm. and Chris, right? For Rosen and Peterson, that'd be juicy. That's a fair deal. I I, I wouldn't do it. I can't give up ten. I'm sorry. I'm Van- sorry for changing my tune. Vance knows how good Chris is too. I know, and that's a big thing that's in play here. Also, keep an eye on the 49ers. Yep, Chris. You know, Chris and 10 for two. Or maybe Chris ten, Chris 41 and 10 for two. Chris, 10, and next year's first for two. I don't want to do that. You got to be sold. That quarterback's your guy if you're doing it. But yeah, I think you, I'd get it done. You sure do. Sorry for flipping my tune there. <laughs> next one from True Chant Fan 24 There it is. 8 p.m. on Tuesday. Chris Harris throws down the ultimatum. All because Elway is too busy for the second-best player on his team. I want Elway gone. Where is that petition? Not sorry for that, besides my ever-growing hate for Elway. I am Team RK. Haskins is the truth. I think he's the best QB in the draft. Kyler is a far more dynamic player and should be number one overall, but Haskins is my guy. Go get Haskins. I'm with you. He's the future. You're going to regret it if you don't take him. Speaking of Josh Rosen, Trade for Rosen comes in, says biscuits and gravy are the best breakfast breakfast bread, and it's not even close. Ooh, I forgot about biscuits and gravy. <sighs> I've only had it once. It's really good. I love biscuits so and gravy. I was so turned off by it. I was like, what? This is it? Like, it, I just must have not had good biscuits or b- good gravy. I love biscuits and gravy. I would probably order biscuits and gravy. If I'm at a restaurant, I'd probably order biscuits and gravy before I would order uh, French toast. It just feels like a side to me, you know, just one biscuit with the gravy on on the side and then with your meal. Biscuits, sausage gravy, heavy on the sausage. There's where your that's where your entree mm. or whatever you call a breakfast dish is. The the one color meal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's heavy on the sausage, mm. and you gotta have some flaky old biscuits. Yeah, and some great gravy. Does it matter when it's smothered? It's got to be smothered. But Just, I mean, it, it, does does a biscuit even matter? Because then it's smothered. Yeah, it's it's the carb. You need the carb. Man, I like the idea. I've, I, I'll have to I'll have to try to your spot. Fair enough. He goes on and says, "Okay, with Chris all but gone, who do you f- what do you feel his trade value is? Late first. With, say, the Colts at 26, early second with the Jets. I love Chris, but I love the Broncos first, and I want to see him lose a bunch of football games wherever he goes. Wow, that's that's mean. Harsh. My, my draft excitement has been tainted by Chris this morning. Will Fangio's system, system cover up Yadam as a third cornerback better than Vance did with Roby, or does it have to be addressed in the first couple rounds? Could Denver send Chris to Arizona plus 10 and 41 for number one overall? There it is. <laughs> no, you'd have to have multiple first-round picks. Yeah, you, no one gives up one for anything less than a than a haul of first-round picks. Yep. Um, we kind of talked about that. Chris's value is probably a third-round pick. Sorry to say it. 
Yep. It's only gotten it's only gotten worse. All right. Next one coming in from Threat Level Midnight. He says, I'm more pissed at Elway for letting the Chris situation get to this point. He gave up his huge contract for a chance at the Super Bowl, and Elway is taking advantage. Why didn't he just pay the man? Legit, I could see him go to L.A. for the 31st pick, and I could see him them paying him three years, $42 million. Nope. Not getting a first-round pick for him. Sorry. Um, also, here's the thing is, that you, this isn't one of those ones where you can get on Elway for not addressing it soon enough. Chris still has a year on his deal. I think people are forgetting that. Elway could address it in training camp, and that would still be earlier than most guys get addressed. I guess we didn't talk about this. I don't think anyone's in the wrong. I think they're just both on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Elway, John has, has been very clear when he was going to get around to this, and he was going to get around to this after the draft. That was never a question. He never said, I'm putting Chris off forever. Now, do all the other things look bad in Chris's eyes when you sign other cornerbacks? Sure. But, Ryan, we would have been saying if they would have signed Chris up and there was a great cornerback there in the second round, John would have been handcuffed. He couldn't have got that player. So I, I don't blame John. At, at all, really, for this. Now, do I blame him for some of the things he said yesterday for making it get to this point? Yeah, and we address that. But And Chris, I understand what he's doing. He's defending his side. Next one from Thomason. He says, gents, still think about trading back from 10 to the mid to late teens is the best unless a premium player drops. I don't see teams giving up much compensation for Chris. He is 30, wants $15 million a year, etc. At best, he could be part of a package to move up to 41. The more picks we have from 20 to 50, the better we will be for the long term. Which teams do you think would be willing to pull the trigger for Chris? Would would have to be would have to be someone ready to compete for a Super Bowl now with cap space. The Colts or the Rams? You stay classy. Ryan's on the same page as you. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a team out there that wants Chris. Um, the, the only way the Broncos could get good value here is let's say they, the Colts and Rams both want Chris. And both of them have late second-round picks, and you're just saying that's just not enough for us. So one of you got to pony up a first-round pick, and then you can have him. It is very, very unlikely because it probably starts a third, and then you got you might be able to get that late second. But if you could create a bidding war, and a team just decides we we will win the Super Bowl if we get Chris Harris Jr., then maybe you can get a first. But it's probably the your best case scenario would be one of those late seconds. In one hand, being so close to the draft hurts the Broncos, but boy, if John gets in a pressure situation and has two teams competing, that's when it actually helps them. It's just a lot more nerve-wracking of a situation. Behind Enemy Lines asks, is there any chance Chris could be part of a move up to number two? And we talked about that. I think so. Throw him in there with two first-round picks. Yeah, John Lynch knows what he is. All right, Zach, I'm back on the board hey. here. Hey. Um, from Nacho Brad, he said, first, trade for Rosen, just commented that we shouldn't trade for Rosen. <laughs> That's like me, Nacho Brad, saying, no, nah, I'll pass on the nachos. Do you have a nice cop salad? <laughs> Second, I don't understand this feeling that if we draft a quarterback, all of the uh, offseason moves don't make sense. Why can't we do both? Play for now, but also prepare for the future. Sure, I put money in my index funds for retirement, minor flex, but I also <laughs> bought tickets to Super Bowl 50 because it's the freaking Super Bowl, which is a total win now move. Major flex. <laughs> Starting Flacco with a great defense while putting a little money in our retirement by beginning a quarterback seems to be a sound strategy. Third, freaking Chris Harris Jr. I mean, I get it, but damn. 
Second to last in relevance, but first in your hearts, Nacho Brown. <laughs> and, and it's a great point, and I actually thought of that last night. Just because you sign good players doesn't mean you can't prepare for the future. And what was John going to do, not sign good players? Yeah, I don't know. I just think you're like, why are you spending all this money on older play? Like, why would you spend the money on Kareem Jackson? That one doesn't make sense. Why would you spend the money on Joe Flacco? That one doesn't make sense. Kareem Jackson, because you think you can win next year with a young guy, just like the Eagles did. I'm just making the case. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just, 18 and a half million for Joe Flacco when you, when you got a. The future on your bench just seems silly to me. Maybe it's the same thing with with Chris. He was waiting till after the draft to see if he could get a cornerback in, in the second round and then just replace him. Maybe that's what Joe is because they could cut him. They should. If they get a, if they get a rookie quarterback, they should cut Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Sign Mike Glennon for all I care. <laughs> oh, wow. If you want a veteran. Wow. But don't waste $18.5 million on a bridge quarterback. I agree. All right, next one here comes in from Craig L. He says, I'm struggling to see Elway drafting another quarterback high. I fully believe he's all in on Flacco, wants to win another Super Bowl, and then ride off into the sunset, leaving the next GM to get their franchise quarterback. I've thought this for a while, and his presser did nothing to change that. That scares me. Ryan, well done on asking the question of the presser. It was very well worded and got a great response. Yeah, I thought it was too. (laughs) I thought it got a pretty good response too. Now, John was just waiting for someone to say the name Chris Harris Jr. so he could say that. Yep. (laughs) so i don't get full credit for that (laughs) but i did want to know why he wanted to wait because what if he said well you never know how the draft shakes out right and then all of a sudden we're saying oh okay so cornerback is quite in play and then you know what happens is chris says chris's agent comes out with that yesterday as well probably there i mean it's all a chess move you're just waiting for the other person to go before you get to yep he says i maybe i'm in the minority on this but i'm with elway on chris's contract he signed it so he should be unhappy with himself and his agent not the broncos I also can't see making demands and a request as not as not the way to get what you want from LA. I agree. Draft prediction. I think a trade back is going to happen. Their guys at 10 are gone, and a trade goes down to move back and not reach on anyone. Looking forward to all of your draft content. I may not comment regularly, but I listen every day. First podcast in the morning, and the hate and hate starting the day without you guys. Hashtag team two holes. Wait, and our draft predictions, do we have the opportunity to trade back? No. Okay, because that's what I think happens. You think a trade back over Devin Bush? Yes, if it's Devin Bush. Yep. Um, okay. Fair enough. Devin White? No. Yeah, that's your prediction. Trade back. Okay. Trade back. He's picking a trade back. Yep. How lame. And I have no idea who they're going to pick. They're trying to make us stay there later <laughs> tomorrow, huh? I hope not. See how it is. <laughs> and I hope they trade every seventh and sixth round pick they have to move up in the draft. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> trade the fifths, too. Let's have Saturday off. Yep. <laughs> I guess we have to meet the second and third round picks on Saturday. But uh, let's just do that. That's fine. Yeah, it's eight a.m. <laughs> yep. Be on the golf course by one. Yep. Uh, I I mean I really hope they don't trade back, but if they do, sound the alarms mm. on cornerback. Yep. I mean, sound them all. Yep. Five alarm fire. <laughs> yeah. They're picking a cornerback, and Chris Harris is gone. Yep. Exactly. Ooh, Benny Lava comes in and says, Hey, brothers, I want to ask about what drafting two inside linebackers would mean from, for Todd Davis and Josie Jewell. Let's say we get White and Hanks in the draft. Does that mean Davis or Jewell would be likely on their way out? 
I've always liked Todd, and Josie was one of my favorite players in the draft last year. I'd love it if Jewel could earn a starting role this year, and I think he could be pretty great coverage backer under Vic's tutelage. I know he doesn't have near the athleticism as the Devons or Hanks, but I thought that coverage was one of the best, one of his best strengths coming out of Iowa. I also think he would excel in Vic's system of more zone and running downhill based off his intelligence of the game. But the number one thing that has me convinced of Jewel is Von Miller's endorsement. To me, that speaks volumes about the kid. Also, so stoked for the draft tomorrow, no matter what happens. It's going to be so interesting. <laughs> Thanks for the hard work, bros. Much love. Uh, it is going to be interesting. Todd, uh, I hate to say this, Todd Davis and Josie Jewel just don't have a place here anymore. Um, if the Broncos only get one, I could see either of them playing out of need. But you're going to force Vic Fangio to change the way he likes to do things. And that's unfortunate. Now, l l listen. Todd Davis and Josie Jewell aren't that far off from who Danny Trevathan is. Danny Trevathan is not a speed backer. He is, or I should, I shouldn't say, he, I should say, he's not a cover backer. Um, it wasn't one of his strengths when he was here, and I think a lot of people forget about that. He was okay, and he's really good coming downhill with a lot of speed. You can get that or something close to it out of one of those two guys. I just think you're much better off going and getting two. And trying to trade those guys, I mean, maybe you can, or otherwise you're just going to have to cut them. Yeah, that, there's a reason Vic Fangio said he wanted multiple inside linebackers this offseason. I think, I think they probably both stick around this year, but they found, find their replacements this year and next year. Samuel Bisou says, hey guys, quick hits. Confused on the, uh, the format here. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Am I doing the hashtag or number sign? I don't think so. Okay. So, I think here it is. Linebacker or DL at 10? Okay. Backer. Oh, oh, we're supposed to answer. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, backer. Uh, make the defense great again. Okay. Hashtag team zero holes. <laughs> the restaurant Houston's. Oh, I guess he is doing hashtag on each of those, but okay. I'm not going to do that. Okay. The restaurant Houston's for the best burger. Don't know if there's one in Denver. Don't believe so. I think it may be called Hillstone in Denver. He says, hashtag Team Fangio, hashtag Team Skangs, hashtag Team BSN is the best website ever, or something like that, and podcasts all year. P.S. Team Say No to Daniel Jones at 10 or 41. Great comment there, Samuel. Speaking of hashtags, uh, Drop Switch comes in with hashtag Gardner Minshew to the Broncos. Hmm. A short guy? I don't see it. Nope. <laughs> From Nick Scott, here's what I don't like about the NFL. I understand that they are wanting to get paid and what the, and get paid what they deserve and i get it but you sign a contract in my opinion you should have to play out that contract or owe a ton of money before you can decide uh you want out or more money i'm only 20 and i already know that's not how the world works if you sign a lease for a year you can't just go to the landlord six months later and demand cheaper rent i just don't get it i love chris harris and i dread the thought of having to see him go but i hate when players do this i understand it's the way of the league now but i don't like it that's all i'm sure chris there's 100 Chris Harris comments. I look forward to listening. Push through this, fellows. Thanks for your hard work. Nick, I think you make a great point. To me, contract, a contract's a contract, and it helps or hurts both sides. I disagree entirely. Mm. You want to know why? Because the, the teams don't honor the contracts. If contracts are fully guaranteed, count me in. You don't get to cut them unless you pay him his money. You don't get to demand more money because you the contract is guaranteed. If you want to make that a thing, count me in. But the Broncos could cut Chris Harris Jr. right now for $896,000. And that's part of the contract. Chris should have got a fully guaranteed contract. What I'm saying is you, the, the team doesn't have to stick to the contract. 
Right, because they have to stick to it the first few years because that's how the contract was made. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying, I'm just saying, once the end of the contract is up, the team doesn't have any loyalty to the player. The player doesn't have any loyalty to the contract. Let the games begin. And if it fits the contract, then I'm then then I'm okay for it. Now I'm not, I don't I'm not mad at Chris for doing this, but John's right. There there's a contract out there. I understand what you're saying too, though. All right, from Kyle Olson, your boy. He says, hey, guys, I know how much Broncos country is hoping Denver can land an Al Wilson or Wesley Woodyard 2.0 by drafting one of the Devons. However, I would much rather have a Ryan Clady 2.0. This draft class has elite pass-blocking tackle whose athleticism will also make him a perfect fit in our new run-blocking scheme. Andre Dillard out of Washington State is an athletic freak. His combine results put him in the 96th percentile, etc., etc., etc. He really likes Andre Dillard. <laughs> RK, having watched plenty of Pac-12 football, I'd be curious your opinion of the competition Dillard faced and if you think Bowles could shift to the Billy Turner role of starting guards as swing tackle. Hey, I'm in on going after um, solidifying the offensive line. I'm not as high on Andre Dillard as you are. The reason being, he has never in his entire college career had to block for a run play. No, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Under center, I would be surprised if he has any run blocking plays out under center if they weren't in the goal line package, if Washington State even has a goal line <laughs> package. You're asking, you're asking a spread quarterback to go under center is what you're doing if you bring in Andre Dillard. And if the Cardinals or some team that's going to spread it out wants to draft him, I'm, I'm encouraging that. But the way that the Broncos played is not – it's just too much of a transition for the 10th pick. Exactly, for 10. Trade back, then I'm open to it, but not at 10. All right, from Zach in Mississippi. He says, it's been a long time since I commented, but with the bombshell news that Chris has demanded a new trade, what does this mean for the draft? I think we pretty much covered what it means for the draft. It changes everything, in my opinion. Cornerback's back on the board. Quarterback is more on the board. This is crazy. Um, this is one of the, the – this has got to be the biggest – wrench in the gears i've had in the last week during my time covering the broncos he chimes in here and says tinfoil hat moment here as well do you think this could be a plan between chris and john to throw even more doubt on denver's pick and open up even more options for the broncos i lean toward the first take but would be interested in what your opinion could be thanks for all the great coverage and amazing work you guys do hopefully i'll get the buzzer beated today as well thanks guys I love you guys for coming up with stuff like that because it would never cross my mind. No. But, hey, I love the positivity. Coming up with a way to, to think it could be a good thing. And from a Zach to another Zach, I don't think so. Mm, no. Unfortunately not. <laughs> from the pastor, on this draft eve, I'd like to know who the players are we are hoping and praying don't go to our dreaded rivals in the first. Oakland at 4, 24, and 27, the Chargers at 28, the Pats at 32. He says, my gut feeling 24 hours out is that Devin Bush is the guy. Mm, I feel you, pastor. At 4. You just pray the Cardinals didn't get crazy and pass on <laughs> Kyler Murray. <laughs> yep. um, are you worried about Drew Locke if he goes at four? Like, are you scared? Are you trembling in your boots? Wouldn't that be something else? The the quarterback that John Elway has liked more than any other quarterback he could play it up goes to the Raiders and tears the Broncos apart for 15 years. I don't think he's that good. He's good, but not enough to, for me to say, like, like, he's not, I don't know. I guess Patrick Mahomes has changed my perspective on everything. <laughs> uh, I'd be more scared of him than Derek Carr. Fair enough. I would as well. Um, 27 and 24. And 28 and 32. Can they you're, get? They're going to get a player. There's, I mean, the one the one that I would say you don't want to see go in that range is Jerry Tillery because you're kind of hoping he falls to you. And who you don't want to see go to the Pats is a tight end. You don't want to see Noah Hawkinson. Fant go there. And another person <laughs> you don't want to see go there is our boy Andy Isabella. Yes, exactly. 
For Mark Shippers, unpopular opinion on Chris. The question we have to ask is, would New England pay a 30-year-old player who's coming off IR? Not a serious injury, but he did play in the Pro Bowl. Top mon- would they pay him top money for his position? No, they would not. I say call his bluff. He plays his contract year at his current rate. Let him walk next offseason, get the comp pick, and move on. Just because he's a fan favorite doesn't change how to build a successful team. Thanks, guys. You two rock. So we just think that – do you see a scenario where Chris plays out this final year? Doesn't he have to? Not, like, legally. Doesn't he right. have to? Can he sit his year 30 season? I guess he could. He could, but but can he really? Right. I would I would play for eight million dollars. Yeah, why you he's not it's not Le'Veon Bell where you're going to recoup what you're losing this year. Because think about it. Let's say he does he loses eight million dollars this season. And then next year he, he's coming off a we saw this happen. Le'Veon Bell didn't get as much as he expected. Let's say he gets three for thirty next year. That's probably what he's getting either way. Yeah. You're losing out on eight million dollars if you don't play this year. Yeah, I don't think he can. I don't think you can either. So the best situation for the Broncos, say sorry about it. Yep. Show up when you can. Yep. And John's saying he's not going to take a bad value for him. If he's getting fifth round offers, make him play. I would would make him play. I love Chris. Man, that'd be a juicy locker room. But I'd just sit back and say, what are you going to do, not play? You're 30 years old. Contract. Next one coming in from Orange and Blue Stew. Hey, guys, the Elway Chris Harris Jr. news is a blow, as I hoped he would be a Bronco for life, but now I see a draft day trade. Much as I love Chris, I could get behind picking up a Devin at 10, and if Haskins drops to the 20s, a trade with someone like the Colts and 41 for and Chris uh, to sweeten the deal, to moving back into the first and grabbing Haskins. Only a day to go now. P.S. If we have cinnamon golden grams in the U.K., I think they are called curiously cinnamon and they are awesome my favorite cereal at the moment is a cereal called crave little wheat pillow shapes filled with hazelnut chocolate basically nutella there is also a version where you get three different fillings hazelnut milk chocolate and white chocolate heaven damn that sounds so good (laughs) it does and of course as we come to the end of the podcast here i'm hungry as can be and we have one buzzer beater Coming in from Ooh Benny Lava, I believe a second comment on this pod says, Whoops, sorry for the double comment, but I just realized this is the last time we will get to comment before the draft, so I'm going to call my shot at what I think will happen in the Broncos draft. Um, okay, so he has Kyler Murray at 10, Nick Bosa at 2, Josh Allen to the Jets, Quinn and Williams to the Raiders, Devin White to the Bucks, Dwayne Haskins to the Giants, Ed Oliver to the Jaguars, Montez Sweat, I guess that's a guy we haven't talked about today, to the Lions, and the Raiders trade up with the Bills to get Drew Locke. So they land Quinnen Williams and Drew Locke. Man, that's a nightmare scenario for the Broncos. And for the Denver Broncos, he has them going Jonah Williams. It's a bad scenario for the Broncos, in my opinion. Uh, they miss out on a elite talent. They got a safe pick. And now they've also bailed out on a first-round pick from two years ago. He says, feel free to absolutely destroy this mock that I poured my blood, sweat, and tears into. (laughs) I can take it. Just kidding. It took me two minutes. For reals, though, you guys are the best. Thanks for making my walk to school bearable every day. I appreciate you, and we appreciate you, Benny Lava. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's I, I'm not trying to tear it apart. I think it's it's something that can happen. I just don't think it's a good scenario for the Broncos. I do not think that's a good scenario for the Broncos to get Jonah Williams. It is a great – ooh, Benny Lava, you Raiders fan? Because that is a great 
scenario for them. Yeah, the Raiders just just fleeced the draft. Yep, and Ubeni Lava kind of brought it up. Um, a programming note here, guys. We will only be reading the comments and questions that you guys put on the final podcast of the weekend, probably put up on Saturday or Sunday, uh, and then we'll, we'll be reading those on Monday. So if you guys have any uh, specific questions for Ryan or I, save those until then, or you can post them, but then make sure you post them again on that last podcast of the weekend, and then we'll, we'll hit them all on Monday. Really excited for our draft coverage. It's going to blow you away, as it always does. We are going to bombard you with content from Thursday evening. Actually, starting right now, I've got like four pieces that Andre has edited that I need to somehow get up. Uh, we're going to bombard you with content, and we are going to deliver you podcasts every night with Andre and AJ. Zach and I are just going to kind of be on call when we can find a spot to interject. We'll probably just hop in. We'll let them deal with all the ads and whatnot, and we'll just deliver our thoughts. You know, maybe it's um, – Friday morning and we're coming in delivering you our thought on the first round pick we do want to check in with you guys because we know that you want to hear what we have to say if you do, if you want to know what we're thinking at all times during the draft follow us on Twitter if you don't have a Twitter we'll make it worth your time during the draft at Zach Stevens BSN and at Ryan Konigsberg we'll be chiming off thoughts as fast as they come into our mind so if you want you know live reaction from us that's the best way to get it Otherwise, stay tuned to bsndenver.com. We'll be killing all the coverage. We appreciate you guys hanging with us on a long pod today and appreciate with you making it through this entire pre-draft process with us. Starting tomorrow, we don't have to talk about players who might be on the Broncos. We'll talk about players who are, and we will talk to you then on the BSN Broncos podcast. And, of course, before I fully let you go, i got to let you know about our friends over at Live Well Enlightened Health. Live Well Enlightened Health is your go-to dispensary for all of the highest quality cannabis products members of livewell's free rewards program have access to 30 dollars pre-weigh half ounces and 60 dollars pre-weigh ounces every single day livewell has 16 locations across colorado from the four corners all the way up to fort collins with six locations in the denver area visit livewell.com bsn for all of the most up-to-date sales and promotions that's livewell spelled l-i-v-w-e-l-l.com bsn and again one final thanks to fossil trace golf course for hosting us today the first T is calling my name. I'll talk to you guys later.